Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Well, hey, it's great to be with you wherever you are worshiping from today. I refuse to say watching because I want to declare by faith that we are worshiping together wherever you are. So whether you find yourself in your bedroom, in your lounge, maybe you're in a car journey somewhere, maybe you're in your prison cell, we are going to worship God together. Hey, I just want us to give him one more big shout of praise. Wherever you are, I want to see you fill up the chat with those hand clap emojis. We are, as Pastor Steve said, in the middle of a teaching series called Hashtag Blessed. You know, on Instagram alone, there are over 129 million posts that have been tagged with that. And most are people showing us a picture of their life in isolation from their reality to say, it's all good. But Jesus' version of hashtag blessed is very different. Because it's much less about that perfect family photo on the beach after you've spent 20 minutes yelling at your kids to get in the right spot, and much more about discovering and developing the heart of Christ. Hey, wherever you are today, I want you to turn to the person that you're worshipping with, or if you're worshipping alone, you can just declare this out loud to yourself and say this, it's what's inside that counts. It's what's inside that counts. Hey, I know that many of you will be joining us for the first time today, and you are so, so welcome. I just thought, because many of you may not know me too well, I would take a moment just to introduce you to my family. So you'll see on the screen there's a picture of my wonderful wife, Hannah, and my little baby boy called Benjamin, and then my little star, my daughter, called Ellen. Ellen is three years old, and when she goes to bed in the evening, she has a little sippy cup, a little pink sippy cup, which she takes some milk in. And she isn't big into her milk, so she'll have a few sips, she'll place it on her bedside table, but she won't want you to take it away because she might just want a few more sips before she falls asleep. She never does. One morning back at the beginning of the summer, Ellen comes bursting into our room, you know, always too early, almost always too much energy. And just before I can stop her, she takes a great big sip of her milk. And then with a disgusted face, she turns to me. She's like, Daddy, this milk is dirty. Now clearly, I'm not the perfect parent, or else I would have slipped in in the middle of the night. I would have grabbed that cup of milk. I would have taken it, I would have washed it up, and I would have been outside her door at 5 a.m. ready to deliver some fresh milk to her. You see, on the outside of that cup, it was totally clean. To Ellen, there was no reason why that milk shouldn't have been good to drink. But on the inside, the milk had gone off. And Jesus, in this section of the Sermon on the Mount that we're going to look at today, is going to talk to us not about the importance of what we look like on the outside, but on the condition of what's inside, the condition of our heart, because it's what's inside that counts. We're going to read one verse that we're looking at today. Matthew 5, 
verse 8. It says this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit right now that you would speak through this camera into every screen and into every heart, into every person that is watching and worshipping with us right now, that they would go away and they would hear from you. In the power of your mighty name, amen. Well, to better understand this verse, it helps us to get an idea of the context. And in the culture of the day, the crowd that Jesus is teaching is made up largely of social outcasts. You only have to go back, you can go back a chapter into the end of Matthew 4, and we see the type of people that are crowding around Jesus. It says that there are people who are sick, people who are demon-possessed, people who are diseased. He's just called his first few disciples, and they're fishermen. That's not an esteemed occupation in the day. And the Roman Empire that ruled over all that area at that time was all about honor and position. And these were people then that society had pushed to the bottom. But I'm so pleased that Jesus sees people differently. Aren't you pleased that Jesus sees people differently? His love is for everyone. His message excludes no one. And he proves it time and time again by the type of people that he spends time hanging out with. Hey, you might have ended up on this stream today and you're not even really sure what you're watching. You feel like you're a bit on the outside. I want you to know this. Jesus would have you know, you are welcome. I want to hang out with you. Jesus sits down and he opens up to teach them and he starts with these blessed sayings. And these people would have thought they knew what was coming because these type of blessed sayings wouldn't have been totally unfamiliar to them. We can see examples from Jewish scholars well before Jesus' time. And they probably thought they were going to hear something like this. Blessed are those who have achieved a certain status, for they have found favor in God's eyes. They were expecting another celebration of status, or maybe some tips on how to get there, or maybe another list of exhaustive rules they couldn't fulfill. But Jesus shakes it up. He says it's not about position, it's not about power, It's not about somehow trying to look good on the outside. It's all about having a relationship with me. He changes it totally. And it's so powerful when we see that Jesus is challenging the very basis of their society. Who will see God? Who will see me? Well, Jesus says it's not just going to be those who've attained a certain level in society. It's not just going to be those who've kept a a list of rules. No, Jesus said, actually, it's anyone who will open their heart to me and allow me to change it. Because it's what's inside that counts. In the time that we've got left together today, we want to look at two questions in relation to this verse. First is this. What does it mean for us to see God? And second, what does it mean for us to have a pure heart? What does it mean for us to see God? 
Well, it's always good to know that the destination is worth going to. And the promised destination for those with a pure heart is that they will see God. That is a great promise. That is a great destination to have an expectation to see. How will they see God? How will the pure in heart see God? Well, first I'd say this. They will see him for eternity. The crowd that Jesus is speaking to for the first time have a real sense of fresh hope. Because suddenly seeing God wasn't dependent on a position or a list of rules. They had real hope. But it's interesting to see what anchored their hope. Because Jesus wasn't promising them an easy life. These people knew that life was often short, sometimes painful. Hey, maybe just in a, a tiny degree. We get reminded of that in a season like this one. But Jesus gives hope regardless of the situation. Because he says there is something beyond this existence. The Bible teaches us this, that Jesus, having ascended to heaven, is going to come again. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. Go read about it in Revelation 21. It's going to be a great place. No more tears. No more crying. No more death. No more COVID-19. Can I get an amen? It says that the pure in heart will see him for eternity. Because eternally, we're either going to see God or we are going to be separate from him. And it's going to be infinitely better to see God. And the pure in heart live with this promise that we will see God in eternity, for eternity, be with him. And so while primarily, I think this passage is talking about seeing him for eternity, Jesus also tells us as Christ followers that we should be involved in bringing just a small part of his kingdom to earth now. And those with a pure heart will reflect the nature of God here on earth. We will make him seen. Or we don't need to look too far to be reminded that our world needs God. So divided, right? You only have to look at the election from the past week. Oh, and don't excuse ourselves because you might think we live in the UK. The UK is no different because the world has a heart issue. It says this in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven... I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. See, humility is an issue of the heart. A pure heart is not a prideful heart, and a prideful heart will not see God. And a big issue in our world right now, and I think if we were honest, it can be an issue in our lives too, is this issue of pride. It's when my point when my view is so important to me that I wouldn't even want to hear the end of someone else's sentence. Oh, it's not about party politics, because this is about an issue in our hearts. And Jesus says, it's not about chasing position. 
we can get so caught up in chasing position. Sometimes we even lose people in the midst of that. Jesus says, no amount of position is going to cause you to see me. Oh, it's only as you will open your heart to me. You place me in the rightful place. You place me in authority. You allow me into your heart and allow me to change it. Because it's what's inside that counts. And so we're going to see him eternally if we have a pure heart, but I also believe there's this sense that as we live with that pure heart of Christ, as we allow him to do a work inside us, we will make different decisions here on the earth. It will affect the way that we live. It will affect the way we see people. And it will affect the way we see them regardless of where they come from, where they're at, what their story is. We're going to have a fresh care and compassion for those that society has pushed down. And we'll make him seen in just a small way in our workplaces, in our schools, and in all our conversations. So number two, what does it mean to have a pure heart? Well, pure means pure. It means clean, free from stains. But Jesus wants to make a distinction about purity. Because the religious leaders of the day were really keen, were really interested in ceremonial cleanliness. But Jesus says to them, you go read it in Matthew 23, this idea of purity is important. It's just you've got it the wrong way around. He says, you're so interested in cleaning the outside of that cup. But Jesus says, I'm interested on what's going on inside. I'm interested in the condition of your heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And the Bible tells us that the heart is the center of our life from which everything else flows. This is what it says in Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And the heart here, when the Bible talks about it like this, it's not talking about this muscle in my chest that's pumping blood. It's talking about the very center of my being, my capacity for moral preference. Theologian Gleason Archer, when talking about how the Bible refers to the heart, says this, the heart is the desire producer that makes us tick. So the condition of our heart is so important. So here's two attributes of the pure heart. The first is this. The pure heart prioritizes God. Pure heart prioritizes God. A pure heart puts God first even when it's hard. This is what it says in Psalm 73 verse 1. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. The writer was saying, a pure heart? I was beginning to wonder what was the point. I felt like I was missing out by honoring God because sinful people seemed so successful. And we can just be the same. Scrolling through 
other people's hashtag blessed moments, thinking, why does it even matter for me to live God's way? Everyone else seems to be doing okay. What does it matter if I honor God? Well, the writer of the psalm comes down to verse 16 and says this. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. He says, it made no sense until I saw the end. Because remember, the condition of your heart is connected to what you will see eternally. Those with a pure heart will see God. Those with an impure heart, this verse goes on to say, will see ruin. And so Jesus is saying this to us. Don't sacrifice the purity of your heart chasing after all that stuff. Some of you might remember the name Fabrice Mwamba. He's a professional footballer. And in an FA Cup game in 2012, he dropped down on the pitch with a cardiac arrest. And he was actually clinically dead for over an hour, but was able to be resuscitated, gone on to live a, a pretty full life, praise God. But if you'd looked at him in the warm-up of that game, he was an elite athlete. On the outside, his body looked as fit and healthy as you can imagine. But on the inside, there was an unknown heart condition. You know, our lives can be a bit like that, just in a different sense. We can make everything look right on the outside, keeping up the right appearance, but inside, something can be off. And maybe you're listening today, and that's how you feel. You feel like you're holding it together on the outside, but inside you feel like you're falling apart. Hey, I've had a season of my life where that was just how I felt. I was going through, I was just about managing to keep things together, getting to church, just about, seeing my friends, just about, just about getting through at work, but inside I was falling apart. And I know what you're feeling like, you're feeling hopeless, you're feeling empty, you're thinking, Surely there's got to be more in life than this. Ecclesiastes, verse three, chapter three, verse 11 says this. Because you know, you might need all sorts of input, but ultimately there's one question we all have to answer. And that is, who has my heart? It says this, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. God has set eternity in your heart. You see, eternity and the heart are connected. And the reason you're feeling empty, the reason you're not feeling a sense of fulfillment is because the things you are chasing after are not bringing you face to face with the eternal one. Oh, I want to encourage you today. If that's how you feel, I want you to know this. There is hope. There is meaning. And it's found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The pure in heart prioritize God, even if it means sacrifice here on earth. And secondly, as I close up, the pure in heart pursue God. 
You see, chasing isn't the problem. It's just that we can chase after the wrong things. And having a pure heart definitely involves pursuing after God. It's not that God's trying to make himself hard to find. It's just like any relationship. He wants to spend some quality time with you. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. A pure heart is a single heart. It's one of single focus. It's not divided. It's not hypocritical. It's not one way on a Sunday and a different way on a Monday morning. It's not chasing after different things. That's why Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. A pure heart is the one that pursues after God. Let's get real for a moment. Who has your heart? What are you chasing after? Is it chasing after God or has other stuff crept in? Is your heart pure? I don't say any of those things to condemn you, far from it. But that we would allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives and show us the areas where we need to pursue Him, where we need to prioritize after Him. You know, here in the UK, we're about to go into, or we've just gone into this lockdown, beginning of winter. It's going to be hard, no doubt. But I want to encourage you in this. You can't control your circumstances. You can't control this lockdown. But you can control your response. I want you to go away this week and go into Acts chapter 17 and read about Paul and Silas. You see, they were thrown into the inner cell of a Roman prison. You know what, we read some of these stories and sometimes we think we, we know the end and it sort of spoils it, but they had no idea what was going to happen the next day. They could not control their circumstances, but they chose that in that moment they were going to control the one thing they could control, and that was their response. And at midnight, they are found throwing a praise party in the center of a Roman jail. We can't control these circumstances. But my heart, my desire for each and every one of us is that we would choose our response. And in this season, we would have this response that says, I will prioritize God like never before. I will pursue Him like never before. I'm going to get some time in His Word. I'm going to raise my voice in worship wherever I find myself in my home. I'm going to start praying if I've stopped praying. And I'm going to press in to see all of God in this season. It's what's inside that counts. The pure in heart will see God. Now, be those of you listening today, and as I talked about emptiness, feeling like there must be more, I talked about our heart being right and the things that we're chasing after. You will be thinking, you know what? I don't know I'm in that place. I really want to find a fresh hope that comes from knowing Jesus. 
You're thinking, I just wanna be made clean. I wanna start again. I wanna pursue after God afresh from this moment. The Bible tells us there's only really one way to have a pure heart. And it comes in opening our heart to Jesus Christ and making Him our Lord and Saviour. It's placing the one who loved us so much that He would lay His life down for us in control. So maybe you wanna take a step today. You wanna say, I don't wanna go forward from here like this anymore. Today is the day that either for the first time or as a way of recommitting my life, I wanna say, Jesus, by your grace, please make me clean. Make my heart pure, change this heart. I wanna know a fresh hope that only comes from following you and prioritizing you. I'm gonna pray this prayer. And wherever you find yourself today, I want you to pray it with me as a way of saying, Jesus, I give you my life for the first time or maybe I'm recommitting my life to you again. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me so much that you gave your life for me. Forgive me for the things I have done that have separated me from you. Make me clean. Thank you that in you is fresh hope. I give you my life. Thank you for new life. I wanna go forward in a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I wanna celebrate. I wanna celebrate those of you who have made that decision right now. And I don't want you to go forward and think that this is a journey you now go and walk alone, it's not. It's a journey we walk together. It's a journey of following Christ together. So please get on Instagram, get on Facebook, DM us, send us a message, say, I made that decision to follow Jesus. We wanna celebrate with you. And we wanna give you some resources to keep going and to keep following Jesus. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk giving and get involved. God bless you.